to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortinball. This is episode 131 of the podcast. NFL Week 3, baby, coming your way. Thanks so much for joining us. It is always much appreciated. In just a few minutes, Nick Costos is going to jump on the podcast. He's an anchor over at CBS Sports HQ. You can catch him as a host on Sportsline on HQ. He hosts Fantasy Football Today on CBS Sports Radio. He talks gambling. He talks all sports. He talks fantasy. The guy can cover it all. So he's going to come on in just a few minutes to talk NFL Week 3, best bets, biggest traps, what to watch out for, all that good stuff. Our picks for this week will follow the interview with Nick, but for right now, it is time for another installment of our NFL Teaser of the Week. 2-0, baby. 2-0, and we had to sweat both of them out. Last week's teaser was the Denver Broncos and the New York Giants, and neither team was covering until the final minute of each respective game, but... We got home. We got home indeed, and that is what history will remember. So we're doing one six-point teaser per week to kick off the pod. Two weeks ago, we won. Last week, we won. We're looking to make it 3-0. This week, we're going to tease New England from 6.5 down to a half point at Detroit. Sunday night game, 820 Eastern. And we're also going to tease the Los Angeles Rams from minus 7 to minus 1 against the Chargers Sunday, 4.05 p.m. Eastern. Let me ask you something. Anybody actually think former Patriots defensive coordinator Matt Patricia is going to out-coach or out-scheme Bill Belichick in this one? Not only that, but take note that New England is an astonishing 43-18-1 against the spread over their last 62 games when coming off a loss. They lost to Jacksonville last week. Over their last 62 games coming off a loss, they are covering 70% of the time. The Patriots are also 14-4 and four against the number over their last 18 road games. As for the Rams, granted, it was only Oakland and Arizona through the first two weeks of the season, but Los Angeles is plus 54 in scoring differential, plus 265 in yardage differential, and plus 3 in turnover differential through the first 120 minutes of the season. Meanwhile, are you really willing to trust Anthony Lynn and the Chargers after the sheer volume of mistakes they committed two weeks ago against the Chiefs, I'm not. Tease the Patriots from six and a half down to a half over the Lions and the Rams from minus seven to minus one against the Chargers. He's from CBS Sports, where you can catch him anchoring CBS Sports HQ, hosting Sportsline on HQ, and hosting Fantasy Football Today on CBS. You can follow him on Twitter at the Costos. It's Nick Costos with us here on the Sharp 600. Nick, man, I've been a fan of your work for a while, but this is actually the first time you and I have had the chance to talk pretty much in person or over the phone. Thanks so much for doing this. What's going on? Uh, Joe, I feel the same way. Got a little mutual admiration society going on here, so I really dig that. And it's the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, Christmas is really great, but football season as a whole, daily fantasy, season-long fantasy, wagering on games. Honestly, there's nothing better. Every single day during football season is like a gift from the heavens. I discussed this with my co-hosts here on the radio in in, uh, San Francisco earlier today. The only time it gets better is a few weeks from now when Maction starts on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. (laughs) 
Yes, that is that is actually I actually was having a conversation at work a couple of days ago with someone and we were saying we wish there were a football game tonight and it is almost time for action to come back and then we got the NBA coming in a couple of weeks. So you're right, probably October. We got the baseball playoffs too and, and college basketball kicking off. So yeah, this is really a tremendous time of year. Great time to be a sports fan. Yes, sir. All right, let's start with Cleveland's win over the New York Jets on Thursday night. Baker Mayfield checks in for an injured Tyrod Taylor. He leads the Browns to their first win since twenty sixteen. Tell me how you think the betting market is going to react. Do you think Cleveland is now going to be overvalued in Oakland when they play the Raiders in week four? Oh, I mean, there's there's no question about it. I mean, everyone's got Baker fever. Everybody's got Baker mania. And depending on what happens on Sunday, um, I actually think the Raiders are going to win that game. And I'm considering the Raiders as one of my plays in the uh, in the Super Contest um, this week against against the Miami Dolphins. But I don't think there's any question about it. And it's almost like better maybe for the Raiders uh, for that play next week if the Raiders lose on Sunday because you know everybody's going to be on the Cleveland Browns and everyone's going to be on Baker Mayfield. So, I mean, I, I absolutely feel that way, 100% that, that the Browns are going to be overvalued at least next week, and we'll see what happens in that game against the Raiders. I mean, Oakland's defense, nothing really to write home about. John Gruden wonders where how hard it is to find a great pass rusher on um, yeah, you, you traded one to Chicago guy. Um, yeah, so Baker should have a good game next week. But, but yeah, they will be definitely overvalued, I feel like, by the public next week. Laying big points on the road can get you in trouble over the long term. But New England is 43-18-1 against the spread over its last 62 games when coming off a loss. That's a 70% cover rate when coming off a defeat. Brady and company in Detroit for Sunday Night Football. They're laying a touchdown. Do you see the Lions making this one competitive? You know, I think that there's a chance that they can make it competitive. And when I say competitive, the back door is going to be open in the fourth quarter. And Matthew Stafford, one of the backdoor kings here over the last 10 to 15 years in the National Football League. So one of my favorite betting axioms, one of the one of the things that I like to do when I handicap a game, I generally like to take primetime home underdogs. So I did look at the Lions in this spot. But I think the coaching mismatch is just so severe and so significant. Belichick against one of his former pupils, and he crushes his former pupils. He's only had one loss against a former assistant. And I had one game against Josh McDaniels, and McDaniels was the coach in Denver however many years ago that was. So while I did consider Detroit, I'm going to stay away from this game. I do think that there's going to be a ton of points scored. I think that Matthew Stafford's going to have a huge game. Brady should have a pretty big game as well. Love Sony Michelle as well for daily fantasy. I'm personally going to stay away from it. I can't lay seven on the road in a prime time spot. I just won't do it against an 0-2 team with its back against the wall. Essentially an elimination game here for the Detroit Lions for their season. But, uh, but yeah, given the fact that it is Belichick and Brady on one side, this will just be a stay-away game for me, or I'll do really well on Sunday and need some action, and I'll just take the over. Or you could do poorly, like a lot of us, and then go into chase mode Sunday night. Yeah, well, that's yes, and, and that has happened. And, uh, yeah, don't you dare pretend like you don't know what that is. No. Oh, yeah, are you kidding? <laughs> I, I would say I do that more often than not, including last Saturday when my chase was Utah against Washington, and uh, yeah, that that chase ended up going off the cliff. That was that was not fun. That yeah, was I'm, not a good I'm with you. I've always advocated that the best workout is Sunday night football chase mode because you'll get a better sweat there than at any time during your week. Uh, I, and and I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, so I had a disastrous college football Saturday last week. NFL was a little better, but I'll admit, I was a little gun-shy last Sunday because I got it handed to me on Saturday, and the cherry on top was not just the uh, the Washington-Utah game, but also I had Triple G. That was that was also not fun with the, the decision for Canelo. And then Monday night was okay, basically split a couple things that I had. And then Thursday night football, I had first half under 20, and the sweat that I had for that coming up, all the losses <laughs> I had last weekend, 
was freaking unbelievable. And I'm sitting there at the end, and, and one of my buddies goes to me at work. He goes, was that fun? And I looked at him, and I go, no, normally it is. This one actually wasn't. But I'm glad I've got it underneath <laughs> my belt here, and now I feel like I've got some momentum heading into the weekend. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I was with you on Utah last week. I figured the blackout would help, but whatever. Washington, maybe we'll find a way through some college. I'll give you Stanford. I really like Stanford over Oregon this week. Me too. Uh, to get it back for the Pac-12. But – Here we go. The Battle of Los Angeles. The Rams are laying seven against the Chargers. Sean McVay's crew is now the outright Super Bowl favorite in Vegas. But are they worthy of that designation? After all, they're 2-0, but they're 2-0 against teams in Oakland and Arizona who are combined 0-4. Yeah, well, I actually, I had this conversation with uh, with my buddy Will Brinson on Pick 6 podcast um, yesterday. And, you know, yeah, I mean, the Rams haven't really beaten anyone yet, but all you can do is play who's on your schedule. It's not like they, they chose to play those two teams to start the season, and they handled business like they took care of business. They ended up blowing out the Raiders, even though it was close throughout that game, and then obviously dismantled and obliterated and shut out the Cardinals last week here. And, and I do kind of think they're worthy of that designation, and I almost feel like if you like the Rams, now may be the time to take them for that Super Bowl number here because I think they're going to win on Sunday, and I think they're going to win by double digits. I think they cover here. The loss of Joey Bosa is a big deal, and I feel like the Chargers maybe camouflaged a little bit last week by playing the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you saw what happened in week one against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Without Corey Lidget, Legit in the middle, and without Joey Bosa, they can't get much of a pass rush. It doesn't matter when you're playing against Josh Allen and a team with no weapons, but I think the Rams are just going to pick this team apart. And I like L.A. by double digits, the L.A. Rams in this battle for Los Angeles here. And then next Thursday night, the Rams get the Minnesota Vikings, and that's going to be an awesome Thursday night football game. And you look at the Vikings injury report, and they've got a lot of players that are down right now. Dalvin Cook's not going to play on Sunday. Some other guys on the injury report here. So the Rams could be getting maybe a shorthanded Vikings team on a short week. And if the Rams win that game and they're 4-0 with back-to-back victories over the Chargers and the Vikings, that number is going to get less valuable here. So I feel like maybe the Rams, if you do like them for the Super Bowl, may be worth it at this point right now. I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you on that. In fact, I love the Rams in that Thursday night spot because it's a really rare spot. I've talked about that on the podcast before. Going back to like the early 90s, there have only been 13 instances of what you're going to see on Thursday night. What it is is it's a team that plays on Sunday, and then they've got to travel on the road for a Thursday night game. So it's the Minnesota spot. They're traveling across two time zones, more than 1,500 miles. Now, that might seem pretty nuanced, but it's only happened 13 times since the early 90s. In that situation, the home team, which is the Rams, 12-1 straight up, 12-1 against the spread. Yeah, um, and, I, and I'm with you. I'm going to take the Rams in that game most likely. I mean, we'll see what happens this weekend. But We need Minnesota awesome to look I, really I good. Minnesota needs I, I, to roll I, I, Buffalo. I mean, yeah, oh, and Minnesota, I think. Well, I, I think here's the concern there. It's so many points, and I feel like at a principle I want to take Buffalo, even though I feel like it probably should be like a 40 to nothing type game. But if it's 17 and a half, I, I'm probably going to put a couple of shekels down on the Buffalo Bills. I may not be able to help myself. But Minnesota should <laughs> be able to cruise. I think the fear is, right? is that the Vikings jump out to that first-half lead. And Mike Zimmer knows that he's got the Rams coming up in a couple days, and they may pull everyone in the second half and just take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit and cruise to a victory there. So, again, out of principle, I may have to take Buffalo if it gets to 17-and-a-half on Sunday. Great call. Atlanta laying either three or two-and-a-half, depending on where you look at the moment for Sunday's NFC North showdown with New Orleans. You playing anything in this one? 
Uh, yeah, I already played the Saints. I got them at uh, at three earlier in the week. I, I felt like this line was going to drop, and our guy Todd Furman on Sportsline on CBS Sports HQ gave it out earlier in the week, a game that you should take now because the line's going to move, not in favor. As you said, Atlanta now down to minus two and a half in some books, um, including mine right now that I checked on uh, on Friday morning. I think the Saints are going to win this game, and you kind of look at what Carolina did and how they attacked this Falcons defense down Deion Jones, down Keanu Neal last week. I mean, they made Cam Newton look like the most accurate passer of all time. A career-high completion percentage for Cam Newton in that game. And the Panthers don't exactly have a ton of offensive weapons. Christian McCaffrey was awesome with all the catches last week. Imagine what Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas, who's operating a lot out of the slot, and he's been a target monster, most targets in the NFL through the two weeks. Imagine what they're going to do on Sunday. I think the Saints go into Atlanta, and I like the Saints to win the game outright. So I've got them at plus three, and in all likelihood, I'll, I'll lock in my picks on Friday for the Super Contest. I will, in all likelihood, take the Saints plus the three points, and I like them on the money line as well. It feels like we're going to have a pros versus Joes scenario in the San Francisco-Kansas City game. Now, I'm really hoping I can grab the Niners plus seven, but if it never surfaces, I'm still looking at San Francisco plus six and a half. Any feeling on that one? Yeah, I, I like the Niners. I'm, I'm with you here on this one. Um it just feels, again, like you said, like a pros versus Joe spot where everyone wants to back Patrick Mahomes, and it's tough to blame people because Patrick Mahomes is ridiculously awesome, looks like the greatest quarterback that's ever played through the first two weeks of the season. He's going to regress at some point, and people hear stuff like that, and they're like, oh, how could you say that? Because he's not going to throw 90 touchdown passes this season. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I do think that even though Jimmy Garoppolo has kind of struggled here, and i got to call a state of spade here, and look, you're out there in the Bay, you know this, Garoppolo has not exactly played that great the first two weeks. And I didn't really like what I saw from him in this Lions game. That Lions pass rush is not great. And he's like seeing ghosts in the pocket with the happy feet. He's got to get a handle on that here. But I do think that this Chiefs defense, especially if Eric Berry doesn't go, George Kittle's going to have an absolutely monster game. And I think this game's going to get loose. I know the totals come down a little bit from 56 or 56 and a half to 55 and a half. I still like the over here. I think Kansas City's going to win a close game, and I think it's going to be like 41-37. So I think Garoppolo gets back on track here. I'm with you here on the Niners, and I also like the over on Sunday. Seattle's at home laying a point against Dallas. The Seahawks are 0-2 after two road games at Denver and Chicago. Are they this bad, or could there be some value here? CenturyLink used to be the worst possible place for a road team. Now all of a sudden you get the Seahawks at either pick them or minus one. Any chance Seattle gets right this weekend? You know, I, I think that the answer could be yes to both of the questions that you asked. Is Seattle this bad? Yes. Is there also value potentially on Seattle this weekend? Yes. Now, for me, and I'll be candid here, in terms of daily fantasy and everything, I'm staying away from this game completely because my head is telling me one thing and my heart's telling me another because I do feel like part of me feels like Russell Wilson has enough magic in him at home to be able to pull a game out here. And look, this is an elimination game for the Seahawks. They lose their gun at 0-3. Um, but again, but you actually break it down from a football perspective, the Cowboys should win this game, right? Right. I mean, their front seven's pretty damn good. Jalen Smith is running like he did when he was at Notre Dame. They just shut down the Giants. Not that the Giants are, you know, the 2007 Patriots on offense, but that defensive line is good, and the Seahawks offensive line is absolute garbage. So, I mean, if you held a gun to my head, I would take the Cowboys to win, but I do acknowledge the possibility that Russ can pull the proverbial rabbit out of the hat. So I'm staying away from this game betting-wise, and I'm staying away in terms of the uh, fantasy. 
Monday night, 0-2 and seemingly dysfunctional. Pittsburgh is traveling to 2-0 and buttoned up Tampa Bay, courtesy of a little Fitz magic through the first two weeks of the season. Yet Pittsburgh finds itself as a one-point favorite. So do we buy into the Steelers getting right here, or do we back the Buccaneer momentum? You know, I'm going to sound very hypocritical here because uh, earlier I said, you know, I love to take primetime home underdogs, and throughout my wagering career, that is generally what I do. I can't do it on Sunday night with the Lions. I just refuse to do it, and I don't think I'm going to do it on Monday either. I think I'm going to back the Steelers here to win this game. You know, we've seen this from Ryan Fitzpatrick throughout his career where he is more than capable. And this is what I always tell people, Ryan Fitzpatrick sucks. Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't suck. But what Ryan Fitzpatrick is not is a guy that you hand the keys to your franchise to for 16 games. Like, Jameis Winston is going to start this season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, there's no chance that Ryan Fitzpatrick overnight has morphed into a guy, a franchise quarterback. He's never been one throughout his career. He masqueraded as one for a couple years in Buffalo. They gave him that disastrous contract, and then he does what he does. He turns into the living, breathing, bearded turnover. And at some point, that's going to manifest itself again. And I love their play caller, Todd Munkin. He's doing a great job in Tampa Bay. He's Dirk Cutter, gave up the play calling duties. But I think Fitzpatrick turns into a pumpkin on Monday night. I, I don't know why. I think the Steelers' defense is going to come to play. They're embarrassed from what's happened the last couple of weeks. And Ben Roethlisberger is going to feed the greasy wheel, grease him up. Antonio, did I say that right? The greasy <laughs> wheel, gets whatever the hell it is. Antonio Brown, what I'm trying to say. Squeaky is wheel. On, on, and I think the Steelers are going to win that game. <laughs> Final question for you. I know you're killing it in the Super Contest right now, 7-3. and three. Congratulations. Stay focused. I'm not trying to mush you or anything like that. But anytime... Oh, I'll mush myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'll mush myself. Anytime anyone's running hot in that contest, it has to be acknowledged. So, 7-3 and three in the Super Contest. Is there anything? Have you finalized your card yet? Would you be willing to share those picks with us? And is there anything else floating around that we may not have touched on that you're eyeing up? Um, well, uh, just very quickly on, on the Stanford-Oregon game. Here's my one, my one note on this. And Brady Quinn is a guy that I work with at, uh, at CBS Sports HQ. Great guy, obviously. Great college quarterback at Notre Dame. Does a fantastic job for us on, on CBS. He loves K.J. Costello, the Stanford quarterback. And thinks Costello's got a real chance moving forward here, even as far as the National Football League is concerned. So while Justin Herbert is going to get, I feel like, all, all the media coverage and media hype going into that game, and Bryce Love obviously gets it on the Stanford side, Stanford's quarterback is pretty darn good, too. So I kind of share your feeling on Stanford to win that game. It's a cover on Saturday night against Oregon. Um, as far as the Super Contest for me on Sunday is concerned, I really like the Saints. That'll probably be one of my plays. Other games I'm considering. I think the Redskins are going to beat the Packers. And I was high on the Redskins coming into the year. You know, last Sunday was a little quizzical, the loss at home to the Colts. But I think they're going to bounce back. Rodgers not 100% clearly. And I think the Redskins are better than people think. So I'll probably play the Redskins. Wish it had been three in the contest. It's two and a half. I'll probably still take them. And I will probably take them on the money line as well. Um, full disclosure, I am a lifelong New York Giants fan. And while I think my team stinks, and I hated the Saquon Barkley pick because I wanted a quarterback because Eli's washed up, I do think the Giants are going to keep this game close on Sunday. I may play the Giants um, plus the six, and I have already bet them at plus six and a half as well. And um, the Arizona Cardinals in that Bears game, Mitch Trubisky and the Bears should not be a touchdown favorite or close to it on the road against anybody. And you're already seeing resistance at that number of six, six and a half. It was at five on my side earlier this morning. I've seen it at four and a half as well. Um, That's an Arizona or no play. And I don't care who the Cardinals start a quarterback in that game. Sam Bradford, Josh Rosen, Mike Lennon, you know, Jake Plummer. It doesn't record Warner. It doesn't make a difference to me. I ain't laying the points on the road with a mixed Trubisky offense, even as good as that Bears defense is. So the Cardinals getting a long look for me as well. Follow him on Twitter at the Costos. 
K-O-S-T-O-S. You can check him out at CBS Sports, where you can catch him pretty much everywhere. He's anchoring on CBS Sports HQ. He's hosting Sportsline on HQ, and he hosts Fantasy Football Today on CBS Radio. Nick Costos joining us here on the Sharp 600. Dude, first time on the pod. Thank you so much for your time. You were awesome. Hopefully we can do this again down the road. Joe, really appreciate it. Would absolutely love to, to do it again. And to you and all the listeners, I wish you guys, as always, minimal sweats and winning tickets. Let's go get it this weekend. I'm not playing for the thrill of victory here. I will rent alimony, child support. I play for money. Week two of the NFL, we went two and two, not including our teaser plays. We keep those separate. Two and two last week in the NFL, five and three overall. We've got four picks coming your way right now. Game number one, Kansas City hosting the San Francisco 49ers over under 55 and a half total points Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. This is quite possibly the squarest play on the board, but the squares have been known to hit it from time to time. So let's roll the dice and see if this is one of those instances. The high power Chiefs offense has already hung 80 points on the opposition this season, and both of those games came on the road. The Niner defense has some talent. But the secondary is shaky, and Richard Sherman missed practice on Thursday with a heel issue, which could be a devastating injury for an already questionable unit. For as many headlines as the Chiefs have made this season, Kansas City's defense absolutely stinks, having given up 508 total yards and 32.5 total points per game in 2018. We'll ride with the public by firing on the over of 55.5 total points. Game number two, let's keep it right there at Arrowhead Stadium. It's the Niners catching six and a half points against the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. This is our contrarian play of the week. At William Hill Sportsbooks, 88% of the tickets written and 87% of the money wagered as of late Thursday night was back in Kansas City. Sometimes it really is that easy. Other times, things are not as they appear. Some in the industry think the Chiefs are overvalued through the first two weeks of the season, especially when you consider the fact that A, the defense ranks dead last in the NFL, and B, the Kansas City offense has already been outgained by 205 total yards. That's right. This explosive offensive unit was outgained by both the Chargers in Week 1 and Steelers in Week 2. San Francisco is 7-3 against the number over its last 10 road games, and they have a savvy play caller in Kyle Shanahan who should be able to exploit that aforementioned defense, which is giving up an average of 508 total yards per game this season. I really want the plus seven with the Niners, but we'll take the plus six and a half if that's the best the market has to offer. Game number three, Seattle laying a point against the Dallas Cowboys Sunday, 425 p.m. Eastern, 125 Pacific. The last we saw of these two clubs, Seattle was getting trashed on Monday night in Chicago while the Cowboys were throttling the pathetic Giants on Sunday night. But just how good are the Cowboys? After all, Dallas mustered only eight points in their season opener on the road at Carolina. Seattle's off to an 0-2 start, so their lives are on the line in Week 3 when they return home for their first game at CenturyLink Stadium this season. Expect the best effort of this young campaign from a Seahawks club that is 6-0 straight up and 6-0 against the spread when coming off back-to-back losses under head coach Pete Carroll. We're going to go ahead and lay the point with the Seahawks. And finally, game number four, Carolina laying the field goal against Cincinnati Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Anybody buying the 2-0 Bengals? Because this feels like that complacency special of the week. Sure, Cincinnati's undefeated, 
and they're entering Sunday with extra rest, but the Bengals have been outgained in both games this season to the tune of a minus 102 yardage differential. Additionally, Cincinnati opponents are converting 54.5% of their third down attempts this season, which ranks dead last in the NFL, just behind the Arizona Cardinals. And let's not forget that this is a classic, undisciplined Marvin Lewis crew that is already averaging 8.5 penalties per game. That ranks 27th in the league. The Panthers go on the bye in week four, which is worth noting, because Carolina is 4-1 against the spread over the last five seasons the week before they go on the bye. The Bengals come back down to earth in week three as the Panthers cover the field goal spread. So to recap, Kansas City, San Francisco over 55 and a half total points. San Francisco plus six and a half at Kansas City, but we'd love to get the Niners plus seven. Seattle minus one over Dallas. Carolina minus three over Cincinnati. That's a wrap for episode 131 of the podcast. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. Be well and best of luck.